Christmas movie that some of you have. Elf? Okay, that's good. That's funny. Kira? Which one? Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. That's fantastic. Lucas? Rudolph Part 2? Yeah, heck yeah. All right. Oh, it's a wonderful life. Fantastic. Elias? I'm sorry? Snow? Yeah. I love snow. 48 Christmas wishes, Miguel. The Grinch. All right. Jingle all the way. That counts. We watched it the other night. Chris? Home Alone. That counts, too. Yeah. All right. Jeremiah? The Polar Express. Dan? Die Hard. All right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a guy's favorite Christmas movie. Elijah. Christmas Vacation. All right. Fantastic. Well, you guys have pretty good taste. And movies. Just curious, how many of y'all have seen the the, the movie uh, Christmas with the Cranks? Okay, a few of you have. A few of you have. Uh, so, in Christmas with the Cranks, it's a story uh, written by. It's actually written by John Grisham, uh, and John. It's very un- John Grisham like, if you ask me. But it was actually written by John Grisham, and then adapted into a movie. But it's about a couple who were loved by a lot of people, uh, in part for their cheerful Christmas spirit. Uh, until they decided to boycott Christmas, okay? They decided to boycott Christmas. Their their daughter, Blair, had just departed for Peru after joining the Peace Corps, and uh, they had the intention of stay, saving $6,000. They wanted to save $6,000 that they had spent the year before. And uh, actually, that, that would be a good reason for me to boycott Christmas, all right? Six grand. Uh, they... Um, the cranks were determined to invest their money in a sun-drenched, 10-day Caribbean cruise, much to the disappointment, the consternation, and aggravation of their friends. Uh, the annual Christmas party was off, as well as a lot of other things. However, they found that skipping Christmas is easier said than done. Um, before long, they started getting menacing phone calls, uh, angry protests from their neighbors, their friends, uh, and uh, and they just, uh, the people just weren't very friendly to their idea. Uh, then, unexpectedly, Blair and her new fiancé from Peru announced that they were going to be coming home, and then the rest of the movie, the rest of the movie is about them all rushing, working together, their friends, family, neighbors, everybody who had been upset with them before, were now, not because of them, but because of Blair, they were going to make this the best Christmas party ever. And, uh, and when you watch Christmas at the Cranks as a movie lover, and I am, I like movies, when you watch it as a Christmas lover, you totally get, you totally get in the movie, you know, in the context of the movie. You get, you understand why the Cranks wanted to boycott Christmas. You get that. Uh, you also know it's a huge mistake right from the beginning. You know, you know, you, you understand why, but you also know it's a huge mistake for so many reasons, and you're about to find out. Uh, that's what creates the conflict. That's what creates the drama. Uh, that's what creates the, the comedy and the fun of watching the story unfold uh, to see uh, how the story is going to resolve itself. The rush to buy presents, the excessive spending, uh, the busyness of hosting and attending Christmas parties and preparing 
can sometimes feel more exhausting than fun. You understand what I mean here? That sometimes we get so caught up in all these things that we think are so important and essential to how we celebrate uh, Christmas that it can sometimes feel exhausting, more exhausting than fun. And when you look at Christmas through the eyes of the cranks, the idea of boycotting Christmas can almost appear understandable. But this should give us a reason, really, not so much for boycotting Christmas, but for rethinking the reason, the why, uh, behind celebrating Christmas. The meaning of Christmas, according to the Bible, according to the Bible, the Bible tells us that the message of Christmas is a message of good news, of great joy for all people. Uh, A Savior has been born for us, Christ the Lord. Christmas means a lot of things to a lot of people. Uh, it, It means a lot of things to a lot of people. But what I want us to do is I want us to look at what the first Christmas meant for those who are eyewitnesses of the birth of Christ. What I want to do tonight, not so much an exposition of Luke chapter 2, but just a couple of reflections, a couple of thoughts based upon some of what Pastor Dennis read for us a little bit earlier. Um, for the angels, for the angels, uh, the angels, they were glorious, they were frightening in appearance. Uh, but when they witnessed the birth of the Savior, when they witnessed it from their perspective, Uh, They are so filled with joy, it's like the heavens can no longer contain them or the joy. It's like like the skies, the heavens are ripped open, and they begin to to give praise to God. That the scripture says, suddenly a great company, a great company, a a multitude of the heavenly hosts, this this army of angels, um, suddenly they appear... Uh, with the angel who had appeared to the, or to, the, uh, uh, to the shepherds, and they were praising God, and they were saying, Glory to God in highest heaven, and on earth peace to, do, to those on whom his, his favor rests. For the angels, it's like an explosion, an explosion of worship. Okay? It's not, it's not like, I mean... For us, it's kind of interesting as we get all excited about things sometimes that really aren't that important. I mean, we do. Anybody a 49er fan? Okay. A couple of us. A couple of us. Uh, and when you see them score a game-winning field goal with no time left on the clock, uh, if you're a 49ers fan, that's kind of exciting. Uh, if you're a Razorback fan, which I am, you have nothing to root for for an entire year <laughs> except for a new coach at the end of the season. Uh you know, but we get all excited in that moment. And we get excited about things that really, in the grand scheme of things, not, not, there's nothing wrong with rooting for the Niners, okay? I root for the Niners, have ever since one of their tight ends wrote us a check for the church. But, they, you know, there's nothing wrong with rooting for a favorite football team and stuff like that. But I think that what happened in heaven, uh, I think that what happened with those angels on that very first Christmas, I think what it was, it was like, seeing something that you just couldn't, you couldn't stay seated for. You, it was like you had to jump up. You had to shout. You had to celebrate because Christmas was that meaningful. Uh, Christmas for the shepherds, 
uh, shepherds were, in their world, sometimes they were a despised people, uh, despised by the culture because of the nature of their work. Um, we don't know for sure, but possibly these particular shepherds were caring for the lambs that were used in the temple sacrifices because of the party country that they were in between Bethlehem and, and, and Jerusalem. Uh, but they were, um, you know, when you think about sending out an important announcement, they wouldn't be the first, first people you would think of as sending an announcement to. You would think that you would send your really important announcements to, uh, to royalty, to kings, to people like that. But instead, uh, the announcement of the birth of the Savior came to these really ordinary guys. And uh, when they see the angels, at first they're greatly frightened. But when they hear the news that the Savior has been born, uh, they rush to find the baby. They rush to find the child. Uh, and when they hear the news that the Savior has been born, they go eagerly searching for the baby, and they spread the word concerning what had been told them. And the Scripture tells us that all who heard were amazed. And once they had visited the child, the Scripture tells us they returned to, to their work, worshiping, glorifying, and praising God. In, in Luke chapter 2, verse 20, it says that the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Finally, when we look at Christmas through the eyes of Mary, uh, here she was, simple, young, teenage mother, uh, could have been possibly in her mid-teens, we really don't know, but very, very young. And, uh, and when she, and, and this is how she celebrated her first, uh, her first Christ, uh, Christmas. The Bible says that Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. So what does a better way of celebrating Christmas look like? If the cranks were kind of disappointed, if they wanted to boycott Christmas because they didn't like their experience, what's a better celebration of Christmas look like for us? Um, it might feel a little bit late uh, because tonight is Christmas Eve. It might feel a little late for considering the question for this year, but it's not too late to consider uh, this question, the significance of this question of what is a better way of celebrating Christmas look like? It's not too late to look at that and think about that over the rest of our lives. And I want to share with you just a few thoughts um, just based upon our culture and a little bit of reflection on the text, is I think one thing uh, you might want to think about is spending less money, spending less money on presents, and more time with friends and family. You understand why that's important? But spending less money and more time with friends and family. That the things, you know, the, the thing is, is that I, I get, one of the things I want to encourage you to do Never, never, never go into debt for Christmas. If you can't pay cash, don't do it. Give a, a gift of service. Make something. Do something special for somebody. Just spend time with them. But sometimes I think that maybe what we should do is, is possibly spend less money on presents, more time with family. In the movie, what the cranks were... One of, the, one of their objections to celebrating Christmas is they had spent $6,000 the year before. Uh, uh, but spend less money on presents, more time with family. Number two 
You might still enjoy Christmas parties with friends and family, but instead simplify the preparations. Simplify the preparations. Instead of you doing all the work, invite everybody who participates to come and bring something with them. Uh, this is something that, that Joy and I, we do it every year. Uh, we always invite uh, the staff of our church, we always invite the elders and their families to come and celebrate Christmas with us. But we don't do all the preparation. I mean, Joy does a lot. I do a little. Uh, Joy does a lot. Joy does a lot, okay? Uh, I show up. I do my part. I eat. Uh, but actually what we do is everybody comes, everybody brings something. And we keep our party, we keep it simple, uh, and we have a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun. Um, third thought is this. Follow the example of Mary. And this comes from the text, okay? This come from, comes from the text. Follow the example of Mary. Is that when, when Mary celebrated Christmas, uh, she celebrated by treasuring up these things and pondering them in her heart. Um, follow the example of Mary and give yourself time to ponder. And ponder is not a word we use a lot in the English language. And you know why? Because it's not something we do a lot. You know, for us, we are so much in a hurry. I, I, I see this with people sometimes, and they always want to learn something new from the Bible. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to learn something new. But sometimes the most important things aren't necessarily new. Sometimes the most important things are really, really simple. Sometimes the most important things to think about, to give our time to, I'm talking about real thought. I'm talking about the kind of thinking that changes the way you think. That's what pondering is. Pondering is when you think so hard on something that you can see it, you can smell it, you experience it. And thinking until your thinking is changed. Thinking about things like the manger. Thinking about things like that, that the fullness of God takes on the fullness of our humanity. The thinking about the significance and the importance of what Jesus did for us. Thinking about the manger. Thinking about the cross. Thinking about the empty tomb. But thinking about the things that we already feel like we know. But maybe we need to ponder more deeply. Think more deeply. We live in a world, our, our world in North America today, we love to be entertained, we love to be distracted. And that's part of the reason why it is so important that we learn how to ruminate, to meditate, to reflect on these very, very simple but very, very powerful truths. Uh, number four, uh, what's a, a better way of celebrating Christmas look like? Be a rebel. Okay? Be a rebel. Uh, I'm telling that to the three Smith girls. Be a rebel. Just kidding. <laughs> They're so sweet. Uh, be a rebel. Be a rebel. What am I talking about? Be a rebel. Uh, you know, it's getting where it's more and more popular in our world to say uh, happy holidays. And I would just say be a rebel and say Merry Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, by the way, if you have a Jewish friend, say happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah and Shalom. And the reason I'll tell you to do that is because in John chapter 10, Jesus celebrated the Festival of Lights. Did you know that? Jesus actually celebrated Hanukkah. Uh, but, you know, uh, be a rebel, uh, and instead of saying Happy Holidays, start saying Merry Christmas. But when you do it, be very, very humble. Don't do it with a chip on your shoulder. Nothing to prove. 
Just do it humbly uh, and do it kindly. Um, fifth thought here, fifth thought, a better way, a better way to celebrate Christmas. Number five, follow the example of, the, of angels and shepherds in worshiping, praising, giving glory to God for what he's done. The cranks wanted to boycott Christmas. The cranks wanted to boycott Christmas. Think about this for a moment. The cranks wanted to boycott Christmas. Aren't you glad that Jesus didn't? The cranks wanted to boycott Christmas, but really all they needed was a better understanding of what Christmas is about and a better way of celebrating. Let's take a moment and pray. God, tonight what we want to do is um, we do want to ponder. We want to think deeply about really simple truths, things that, that, are, that are, we're very familiar with. Uh, but we want to think about those things, and we want to value those things. We want to treasure them the way, uh, the way Mary did. We want to treasure them. We want to ponder them. We want to think about them until our thinking is changed. And God, what we want is we want to, to reflect on the fact that, that Christmas is, is good news of great joy for all people, that for us a Savior has been born. And for that, God, uh, for the manger, for the cross, for the empty tomb, we want to worship you. In Christ's name, amen.